The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Praise the Lord. Well, man, again, it's always a blessing and a, and a, it's always a blessing to share God's good news and his word. And I want to thank Pastor Andy for just taking my wife and I and allowing us to be a part of your family. Carrie, thank you so much. Love you, Carrie. Um, I want to share with you today, you know, Andy's has been running a theme about helping and about serving. And uh, he had asked me to share why investing in others is important. Why investing? Why do you invest? I said, Lord, you want me to pick a theme? I'm used to just sharing, but God says, I want you to learn how to, someone asks you to do something, to do it, and and it's something that he wants uh, to share with you. And I said, okay, well, I've never done this, so it's, this is awesome. It's challenging. It's a good thing. And then God speaks to it, to us in all different ways. Amen? So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being able to share the word. Investing in others. Um, why is it important? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of investing? Well, in the natural world, anybody invest in their retirement? Anybody's investing in a home? Anybody investing in their children, going to college, investing in your children, investing in home, a retirement, in a business, we all invest. And how many of you that invest expect a return? Hopefully we get a return on them. We're feeding them. We're wanting them to go to school. If they want to go to college, we invest in them because we believe that we're investing in a good thing and we expect a return. Did you hear that, children? We're expecting a return. <laughs> Daughters, do you expect that? We're expecting a return in our investment. Yes. And so there's a reason why I invest. And I looked it up. Uh, it says investment is a, dedic- is a dedication of an asset to attain an increase. Investment is an asset to attain an increase, not a decrease, but it says an increase in the value over a period of time, and now watch this. This investment that you are uh, pour, pouring in requires a sacrifice. Investment requires a sacrifice of some present asset, such as, now get this, this investment that you're pouring in, it's a, it's a sacrifice of time, money, or effort. So when we make an investment, it's going to cause, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sacrifice, time, money, or effort in finance for the purpose of investing is to generate a return from the invested. Investing in risk and return, there's two sides to the coin, low risk generally means low return. Higher risk 
means what? Big return, higher return. So the, the bigger the risk that you take, the bigger you expect a return. Listen, we're putting a big risk in the things that we, we desire. We expect a big return. So when we invest, the Lord spoke to me about this. When we, when we invest, it requires a sacrifice of time, of money, or effort to generate. In other words, we expect... Uh, we expect a, a return. Now, that's in the natural, but in the spiritual realm. We're believers. And this is good to invest in the natural realm because we all want to have something for the future. But in the spiritual realm, why do we invest? It's the same thing. We invest in the kingdom of God, kingdom principles. We invest because we expect a return in the spiritual realm. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, when, when we invest in the things of God, when we invest in the kingdom of God, there is a return, a kingdom principle return. Now, in the kingdom of God, the return, God causes the return. Amen? amen. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but who caused the increase? God causes the increase in our investment. If you water or if you plant, God causes the increase. It didn't say that God causes a decrease. Sometimes we take risk out there in our stocks. How many of you have seen your stocks go down lately? How many like your stock going down? No, sir. But listen, we understand one thing that in God's stock, in the kingdom of God's stock, it never goes down. God is a God of increase and multiplication. God's stock never, ever goes down. So we, we have something that we can rely on, that we can trust on. We can trust that if we invest in the kingdom of God, there's always going to be an increase. Well, where does it say that, Pastor. Well, you know what? God never loses. God always wins. And his return is better than the sum of the stocks that we're getting in our return. Amen? Amen. So I was looking at that and, and seeing that, you know, how many of you here today invested in Dell back in the 90s? They're millionaire people right now today because they invested in Dell when it was $10. Or how about Tesla? Anybody invest in Tesla back in the day? You know, I remember them telling me about batteries in cars back in the 90s. And they were trying to get them to work. And nobody wanted to invest in that company because they couldn't get them to last long enough. I wish I would have invested in them. Because now it's big money. How many of you know that Tesla right now is seven, over $700 a share? Could you imagine if you would invest in it back in the day? Millionaires. Or how about Google? Or even Apple? Eh, maybe, maybe Facebook. Maybe. But listen, guys. All of us here today, Jesus has been investing in us 2,000 years ago. Amen. And he's been investing, and he's never seen decrease 2,000 years ago, he gave his life. God invested in us, and he sent his son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago, and he still hasn't seen a decrease. 
As a matter of fact, he needs more laborers out there because it's, it's the harvest is why. The harvest is the future. And God is needing laborers to invest in others. Why is it important to invest? So taking that into consideration, how many of you have ever made a check? Some of you millennials probably say, what's a check? Or a debit card. And try to make a withdrawal on your debit card or your check. We call it your check bounces. Anybody ever have a check bounce? It doesn't mean okay. Or a debit card and it says insufficient funds. That happens because we didn't invest or we didn't deposit. And in, 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 our, in our world today, you've got you've to make a deposit if you're going to pay the rent here, right? You've got to make a deposit. If you're going to pay your car bill, you're going to make a deposit. If you're going to, if you're going to pay the light bill, if you make no deposit, when you try to make the check, it's not going to get paid. And in the same way, God is teaching us as believers why it's important to make a spiritual deposit so that you can get, be able to withdraw when you need to withdraw. And we always constantly got to we always constantly know that we got to deposit in our bank accounts. Why don't we know we got to make a spiritual deposit in the kingdom of God? How do we do that? Because listen, God pays back awesome. How do I know that? I've seen it happen in my life. Making, do you know that today, just coming to church, you're making a deposit into your spiritual bank account? Just coming to church, you're making a deposit. Reading your Bible in the morning, you're making a deposit. Praying for people, you're making a deposit. Sharing with others, you're making a deposit. Touching other lives, you're making a deposit. Recovery is making a deposit. Making a spiritual deposit. You know, the word of God never comes back void. Anytime the word goes forth, you activate the word by doing what it says to do, becoming obedient to the word. The word will heaven and earth back without producing what it says it'll produce. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never, ever pass away. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever, tomorrow. And Jesus said, this is, why I know Je- this is why I know when you invest in the kingdom of God, he takes care of your needs. This is how I know that God doesn't wanna, want you to live in lack. He doesn't want you to live in poverty. He doesn't want you to live struggling. He wants you to live in abundance. Because when Jesus showed up, he says, I came to give you life. And life more abundance. abundance. So God didn't come to, it says, The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came. The one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your finances, your car, your house, your job, your business, it's not God. Well, I did this wrong. I did this wrong. made a mistake. Man, God doesn't love me. This is why this is happening to me. That's what I used to think. That's not the case. 
Well, if I do this, if I do this, if I give this, if I do, God's going to love me and God's going to bless me. That's not the case. God honors his word. Amen. His word can't fail. And because you love him, you do these things. You know why I tithe? Not because I know I'm going to get something. I tithe to honor God into the king because I'm making a spiritual investment in what God is doing here. I believe in it. So it's a spiritual sacrifice when you, of your time, your effort, and even your what? Money, your treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. TTT. So when I want to talk to you today. You know, um, Peter and James. Do you know that Peter and James invested into Paul? Paul, who wrote over three quarters of the New Testament, they invested. Paul came to them after Paul had been studying, and after three years, Paul came, and he looked for Peter. Well, he looked for the disciples, and he found Peter, and they poured into him. I'm sure they probably, Paul was like, hey, Peter, you were with Jesus? Hey, Peter, they're talking to, and he stayed with them, just stayed and spoke with them about what they saw in Jesus. Because see, Paul had an encounter with God in the road to Damascus. Paul, he went blind. He saw the light. Jesus spoke to him and he had an encounter and changed his life. He was killing Christians. And turn around now, he's telling them, man, you need Jesus. And then he still goes and gets with Peter and James. And they invested their time into Peter, I mean into Paul. And you see Paul's ministry, it just continued to increase. It continued to grow. And then you see, and if you look in the book of Timothy, Paul invested into who? Timothy. He took Timothy as his own son. He took him. He says, I see something in Timothy. I saw this faith in his mom. I saw this faith in his grandma. And listen, I see this faith in you, Timothy. I see it. He saw something. He saw some potential. He says, I'm going to invest into you. Not because he's going to get a return. Not because he's going to get something back. It's just who we are because that's who Christ is. Jesus came and he came and he invested in his disciples. What are you investing in today? What is, what is, what is your investment? How many of you expect? I never invest, expect no return. I'm putting in this mutual funds. I expect... A return. Hopefully I can retire soon, right? But listen, I know one thing. I can never go wrong investing in the kingdom of God. How, pastor? Well, look, let's go to Mark. Let's get some scriptures in here. Mark chapter 4. In 8 and 9, here's the investment crop. It says here, Now, who said this? Who? Jesus said this. It says here, he's giving them a parable. And in verse 8, he says, But other seed fell on what kind of ground? Good soil. Other seed 
fell on good soil and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased. Notice he didn't say decreased. It increased and produced. Now watch this. This seed is going to produce in good soil, in a good heart. In a heart that is surrendered to God. How many of you have surrendered your life to Jesus? How many of you believe that Jesus uh, was raised from the dead and now he lives in your heart? He's the incorruptible seed that wants to live in your heart so that you can produce a harvest. Notice what he says here. Some produce what? 30-fold, some 60, and some what? A hundred times. Three different levels of increase. In verse 9, and he said to them, watch this, he who has ears, let him what? Hear. Hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Are you listening today? Are you listening with your natural ears or you're listening with your ear that's in your spirit or in your heart? And I was reading this. How many of you know how to spell heart? I had to learn. H-E-A-R what? T. T. Now look, what's in the middle of the heart? Ear. E-A-R is in the middle of your heart. And what's at the beginning? H. So yeah, you can hear. And what's at the end? A T, like a cross. So it has to, so that it can get into your heart. There's an ear in the middle of your heart so that you can hear the cross. That it can come into your life because that word will never produce anything if it stays in the Bible. The word can never produce anything if it doesn't get into the ear of your heart. And so this is how it produced. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. We see it. We hear it. And, and sometimes we don't, how many of you have planted, I'm not a very good planter, we're trying to find somebody that can grow some stuff, but my next door neighbor, I'm telling you, they are farmers. They grew blackberries, they grew jalapenos, they grew tomatoes, garlic, and what did we go? We just went over there and picked it, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, and they, those blackberries were so I never tasted such sweet blackberries. We, we buy them at the store and they're good, but they weren't like the ones that were from the next door neighbors. And, and I thought, man, they put their love in it. They put their time, they fertilized it. They didn't put no chemicals. They didn't put nothing. Man, they just did what God says to do. And the, and the seed, all it knows to do is to grow. You don't have to force the seed to grow. How many of you, when you were born, forced yourself to grow? How many of you said, man, I'm going to be 6'2"? <laughs> no, I'm 5'8 and a half with my boots. <laughs> but you didn't have to force yourself. All you had to do was eat. And as long as you ate, some of us grew this way, some of us grew this way. I enjoy eating. 
But you didn't have to force it. It's the same way, guys. If we would make an understanding, we would see it in the spiritual realm. As long as you eat manna, as long as you eat the word, you can't see your bones grow. You can't see your ligaments grow. You can't see yourself. But you are growing. And God wants to grow you from the inside out. He wants to teach you how to walk by faith and not by we live by and not by So it, it's a growth. Now watch. Are you listening? With your spiritual ears. Three what? Levels of growth. 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now, when I get a return, man, 30-fold, 30 times, man, that's a great increase. I could live on that. But 64? Wow. And then 100 times. Man, we'd be killing it. They want to invest what I'm investing in. Right, Kyle? Now watch this. Let's go, let's go and see. Go to Romans. God, this is, God gave me this. It's just, this, is, this is exciting because I know that God has given me this. And it's encouraging me. And if it encourages me, I pray that it can encourage you. Amen. Romans chapter 12 Verse 1, to 3, I've read this always before. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, verse 1, Paul, here it is, Paul again writing to the Romans says, I beseech you. Another translation is that I urge you. I'm begging you. Paul is saying, this is important. I beseech you. I'm begging you. I'm urging you. Therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Notice that investment. We saw it in the investment. It's going to take a what? A sacrifice to invest. Here in the spiritual realm, be a living what? Sacrifice. Why? When you're a living, you're making a spiritual investment. What he says here, holy, that word holy, set apart. You're different. You're not like the other teenagers in the school. You're not like your peop- that your boss or anybody that's not. You're not like that. You're different. You're set apart. You're holy. You don't do things the way the world does. You do things God's way. And you see God's return in your life. What he says here, look. Be not conformed. Let's not be satisfied. God has blessed us. God has taken care of us. And sometimes we get relaxed. Everything's going good. Praise the Lord. God's been taking care of me. Hallelujah. And we get conformed. It's happened to me. Get conformed. And he says here, be not conformed to this way, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many levels? Three. Three. How many levels in the increase? Three. Thirty, sixty, hundred. Look at this. You want, it says... It says here, this is what God gave me. You guys can take it and pray about it, see what you think. 
and see what the Holy Spirit tells you. <clears throat> I wrote down the note. In other words, 30-fold is the good will of God. 30-fold, just getting saved. Just get saved. Just give your life to Jesus. If there's an increase in your life, you just get saved. You know what? You get saved, you're going to heaven. Some people just get saved. Don't do anything else. They just get saved. 30-fold return. There's an increase in your life. People just want to get saved. Praise God. But I'm telling you, there's so much more that God has in store for us. You want to get out of the goodwill? Get to the acceptable will? Anybody? Sometimes I feel like I'm in the acceptable will of God. And that is 60-fold return. That's serving. Serve. 60. Serve in the church. There's always a need in the church. There's always we can, we can train these little kids to live by faith. These little babies. That they need to know how to stand on God's promises. You know, that's something I'm not even going to go there. But it's, it's investing. So you just serve. You get, Jesus said, didn't Jesus say, I came to and not be. So he says, this just came, I came to serve. Not, not to be served. So listen, 64, you want to get acceptable will of God? God told me, be, be a servant. Come and serve. What does pastor need? What does Carrie need? She can put you to work. I assure you that. Yeah. <laughs> organized. She's organized. Serve. Six, get an acceptable will of God. But listen, I said, Lord, I don't want acceptable. I want perfect. Amen. I want the perfect will of God in my life. And he said... You want the perfect will? Invest in others. Invest because Jesus says, I came and I invested in the disciples. I came and invested because I expect a return in my investment. He sees us not as losers, not as addicts, not as broken down, not as torn down, not as losers. He sees us as champions. He sees us as winners. So we've had a bad background. People see us, oh man, that guy never, never, ever get to church. He never. But he says, invest. Invest in others. You're in the perfect will of God. And it hit me. Boom. He goes, every time you go to the boxing ring and you talk to those little kids and pray for those little kids, you're touching my heart. You're investing. Those kids don't even go, some don't even go to church. But you're investing because I believe the word's not going to come back void. It's going to produce because the word just knows to produce. If I keep watering it, God's going to send somebody else to water it. That's the way it works. That's the kingdom of God. And he produces. 
We just got brand new ceiling fans. How many of you know it's hot outside? Especially if you don't have AC. So we prayed for some ceiling fans. I tell the kids, hey, we need ceiling fans. Let's pray, guys. And God's showing up. Six, five new ceiling fans installed. Woo! Praise the Lord. And the other day, our coach, testimony, our coach called because he knows that we pray, our, us kids. Listen, faith of a child. Hey, my, my, my sister's brother had a motorcycle accident, and he's in a coma. They don't know if he's going to live or he's going to die. Will you kids pray? Yes, sir. So we got out there on Tuesday. We said, hey, Coach, how many of you know Coach Johan? Well, he needs us to pray for his, his, his sister's brother. His brother-in-law. I don't know if he's going to come out of a coma. I don't know if he's going to live. So we prayed. Everybody, you know these little kids, they pray. We're just teaching them. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. And I'm going, please, Lord, do it. <laughs> that's, that's us in our mind. I'm going to do it or not. And I said, I, I don't care, Lord. This is your word. This is your word. You said it, and I'm honoring your word, and your word doesn't come back. Boy, I just, you want me to call you on your word? I'm calling you on your word. I've been getting more bold about this. So we pray. He calls us a couple days later. He's out of a coma. He's doing okay. Praise the Lord. But in that accident, he broke his pelvis. His pelvis is broken. And he's going to have to go into surgery. Pray. Continue to pray for him. He, called, he came this Tuesday just bawling his eyes out. His wife calls, hey man, they went, the doctors went to operate on his pelvis. There was nothing wrong with it. It's totally healed. They were like, you know what the little kids did? I go, yeah, it was you because I was still thinking, man, God, please do it. They don't even think twice about it. But, but it touched his wife. Like, whoa. Doctor goes to do the surgery and the pelvis is perfect? Come on. Is it just a coincidence? Did it, just really, did it really happen? We're making withdrawals. Because we're constantly depositing into people. That was powerful. Now watch. I wanna, God took me to the Old Testament just to confirm about investing in others. So go to 1 Samuel. We're going to go through some scriptures. I've got a few more minutes. 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 4. Now, this is powerful for me. It says, so Jonathan, who? Jonathan. Jonathan. Now that Jonathan is King Saul's son. King Saul is in charge of the land. He is the king ruling and reigning. And Jonathan is next in line to be the king after his son. Look what Jonathan says to David. Jonathan said to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will what? Do it for you. Whatever he's with David. He, he loves David. He says, David, whatever you desire, 
I'm going to do it for you. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to invest in you. Why? Because he saw something in David. He saw, man, this guy is doing good. David was winning battles. David was doing good. He says, man, now knowing that he's next in line as a king, man, I don't know if I want David to to be so successful because, you know, if he gets so, they might choose him to be the king, right? Isn't that how we think sometimes? We're in our boss, we're in our boss or something sometimes. You know that I, I, I heard a pastor say about some crabs, you know, when crabs are running out, trying to get out, out of the bucket, they're pulling each other down. One's trying to get out and the other one gets, pulls him down, he gets, pulls him down, gets him up. Instead of pushing him up, getting him over, they're pulling each other down. Sometimes the natural people, they don't want to see you get too ahead. They want your position, so they, what they do is pull you down so they can get ahead. We need to do the opposite. Invest in people to get ahead. Invest in people to see them succeed. And here's Jonathan saying, listen, Jonathan, I want to invest in your life. I see your desire to glorify God. I see that King Saul is the king and he's successful. But I know there's something in you I want to help you do. You know, when Samuel anointed David as king, they weren't looking, God wasn't looking on the outside. He was looking on the inside. He didn't see, he didn't see a, a champion. People, the, everybody said, well, that's not him. That's not him. This is the champion. This is a winner. Oh, this is the gladiator. Look how tall he is. Look how strong he looks. This is the, the one that should be anointed. And then Samuel goes, hey, do you got any more sons? Oh, yeah, I got one more. He's, he's a shepherd boy. And they didn't see it. They saw a shepherd boy, but God saw what a king. He says, that's the guy that's going to be anointed. God's looking at our hearts, where our hearts are at. Now look at here. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 9 now. We can see what Jonathan told David. Look at verse 1, 2, and 3. Now David said, this is after the battle, after uh, King Saul was killed and Jonathan was killed. Everything happened. It wasn't good. This is after the battle. Now, here's David. David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for whose sake? For whose sake? Jonathan's sake. Listen, David said, I'm the king now. God's blessed me. But man, I got to do show God's kindness. Not his kindness. God's kindness because of what Jonathan said a while back. He says, he says listen, David, I want to invest in you. Now the return's coming back. And remember I said, when God returns, he returns big time. And you can see here, look at what he says. Is there anyone so I can show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Verse 2. And there was a servant of the house of King Saul, whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Are you Ziba? Yeah, yeah, I'm Ziba. Man, the king's calling me. Yeah, I'm Ziba. What are you going to give me? You know, the king calls you. Hey, this guy wants me. Man. He's going to give me something. The king. And he says, are you Ziba? He goes, yes, I am. Watch this. At your service. 
I'm Ziva. I'm at your service. And look what he says. Then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is what? Lame. Lame at his feet. Listen, this is what Ziba saw. Yeah, there's one of those guys, but he's crippled. People see your wrongs. People see your mis... What is it? What? Yeah, your missed thoughts. They see, people see your, your mistakes. People see your addictions. People see, see your, your shortcomings. That's the word I was looking for. People see your shortcomings. He goes, oh, yeah, there's a son of a But look, he's the crippled one. He can't even walk. And we see people coming into the church. Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah, but he's, he's a drug addict. Oh, yeah, that guy, he's got too many tattoos. Look at the nose rings on that girl. Dang. And they start seeing. They see your faults. Just like Ziba. Hey, is there somebody that can, God wants to bless him. He's crippled. Look at, he has no hope. Man, the, his, his dad just died. The king just died. He's living somewhere else. He's hiding because if David finds him, he knows that he's going to get killed. So he's on hideout. He's afraid. And Ziba sees a crippled man, but God sees a, a winner. God sees a champion. He doesn't see his mistakes. He doesn't see his faults. He doesn't see that he can't walk. No, it's in our DNA to bless people. Look at, go to, go to 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. Look what happens. Verse 5, then King David sent, brought him out from the house of Makar, the son of Aminio, from where? Lodabar. Low, low person, low. You know what that means? Low. It really means low. He says, it says here, from Lodabar, now when Mephibosheth, the son of who? Jonathan. The son of Saul had come to David. He fell on his face, prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, here is your what? Servant. Now the king's calling Mephibosheth. King's wondering. And Mephibosheth, oh man, can't even walk. And he came and I looked up Lodabar. You know what Lodabar means? It means no pasture. No word, no communication. And the Holy Spirit took to, spoke to me. I like to say he had no pastor. He didn't have a pastor to encourage him, to feed him the word. He had no word of God in him. He had no communication with God. And when you have no word from God, and when you have no word and no communication with God, you have no pastor. Listen, you're crippled and you cannot walk. No word. No communication? What was he? He was crippled. And God says, when you have no word, you get crippled. People out in the world today are crippled. They have no communication. They're from Lodabar. And then I looked up the word Mephibosheth. The Holy Spirit said, look up Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth? Who, who would like to be called Mephibosheth? Hey, uh, hey Mephibosheth. What's up? I'm Mephibosheth. 
try to make it look cool. But Mephibosheth, it says, from the mouth of shame. Mephibosheth means the mouth, from the mouth of shame. And look at the next scriptures, 9 to 13. Our reader will close. It says, verse 7, so David said to him, do not fear, Mephibosheth, don't fear, for I will surely show you kindness for whose sake? Jonathan. I'm going to show you kindness for Jonathan's sake, for your father's sake. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather. Everything you lost, Mephibosheth, everything that was taken away from you, I'm going to restore it to you because of Jonathan investing into me. Lord, send me a Jonathan. Send a Jonathan. I've been praying, Lord, send a Jonathan to my daughters. Send a Jonathan to these people. Send a Jonathan, someone to invest. My family, send someone to invest. My friends, send someone that would want to invest. And he says here, look at this. For Jonathan's sake, I'm going to give you back. And watch this. I love this. And you shall eat at my table continually. I don't care if you're crippled. I don't care if you, people see you as a loser or you're an addict or whatever you are. You're going to come and eat at my table. God doesn't look at you, your status. He doesn't look at where you came from. He doesn't look at what's going on in your life. He just says, you want to come? Come. You can eat at my table. You got to get saved. You got to give your life to Jesus. He's not going to force you to come to church. He's not going to force you to get saved. He's not going to force you. It's your own free will. And I knew I was tired of living out there, the life I was living. It wasn't bad. I was fun. Doing the dances out there at the, I don't even know if it's there anymore, uh, Gillies. That's where I hung out at Gillies. Because John Travolta hung out at Gillies. Some of you don't even know who John Travolta is. He was the dude back in my day. He was the dude. Saturday Night Fever, you probably don't know. He was the man. I was there. But watch. I love this. You can eat at my table, Mephibosheth. Mouth of shame. You can eat at my table. Watch this. Watch this. Look what he says. Verse 8. Then he bowed himself and said, here's Mephibosheth. He bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such as a dead dog? What came out of his mouth? Shame. Because he had no word. He had no communication. He didn't even feel worthy to come and eat at the king's table. He didn't feel like, man, who are, who are me? Who am I? He says here that I should look upon such as such a dead dog as I. Sometimes we reason we don't come to the king's table because we don't feel worthy. The king's table because we've been addicts and we've been doing this and we've been doing that and we've been living and we've we've done so much bad thing. How could God want me at His table? And look what came out of His mouth: shame. His name, Mephibosheth, from the mouth of shame. No communication with God, and he speaks the shame. 
He speaks his problem. He speaks how he feels. He speaks like he's no good. He speaks like he's not even worthy. Now watch this. Verse 9. And he called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. Verse 10. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work for the land for him. You, serve, you guys, Seba, who were Saul's servant, now you're going to be his servant. He can't walk. He doesn't look good. He looks like he's, he, he hasn't been around a while. But you are going to serve him. That's a return. A major return. I'm going to give him all his land back. And, uh, and he's going to have servants to take care of the land. He says there, and you shall bring, watch this, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. And all the harvest, bring it to him. It's his. Let him make money off of it. He didn't even have to work anymore. How'd you like that? You don't even have to work anymore. You got some people over there working for you, taking care of you. What a harvest. What a return. Why? Because Jonathan decided to invest in others. How did he know? Now watch this. But Mephibosheth, your master son, shall eat at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons. Wow, he had 15 sons. You don't have enough there, Ahiro. You only have five. You got another eight to go. It says here, 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. When the king speaks, I ain't going to question it. Is that what you want me to do? Yes. Do it. Pastor asked for some help. Pastor, if I can do it, I'm going to do it. I need some help. Why? See, he's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. You're investing in others. You're investing in the body of Christ. You're investing in the church. Watch what he says. As for Mephibosheth, the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Man, he is already calling him the king's son. You're going to come and eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. Verse 13. So Mephibosheth, now where is he dwelling? He's no longer in Lodabar. He's in where? Jerusalem. Man, he's in with King Jesus. He's in. Listen, when you get saved, you're no longer in Lodabar. God takes you out of darkness and puts you into light. He takes you out of your, your lack and your defeat, your bondage, and puts you into victory and the blessings and the abundance. He's taking you out of Lodabar and brings you into Jerusalem. Look what he says. For he ate continually... That's my kind of guy. He loves to eat continually. I had, I had some chicken, some barbecue chicken at, at Hiro's house. Man, I ate continually at the king's table. 
And watch this. And he was lame in both feet. It didn't matter what he looked like. It didn't matter that he couldn't walk. It didn't matter what he looked like. He was eating at the king's table. Why? Because he invested. Jonathan invested into someone's life. Who do you know that you might? Just imagine, somebody invested in me. Some, some electrician from New Mexico told me about Jesus, led me to Christ, and, he, and then he invited me to live with him. He said, why don't you just come live with me? I said, I don't want to live with you. He says, come live with me. I'll help you. For a whole year, he took me to church. For a whole year, he invested in me. When I moved, I've never seen him again. But there's a return. There's a return. He doesn't even know what I'm doing now. I have never seen him, but he's, he's a part of this return. And I believe God sent a Jonathan to him, and John sent a David to him, to, because to, God gives back on your investment. I believe God's blessed that man mightily. Amen? My prayer today is, God, send a Jonathan. Send a Jonathan, Lord. You know, uh, Isaiah said, Lord, send me. Send me. Let's, let's, let's invest in others so we can see this kingdom increase. So we can see the right leaders in the right places. Put leaders where they need to be. Amen? Leaders who aren't afraid to stand up. What is right. Amen. Amen. You guys get something out of this? Amen. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I always like to say, Lord, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you so much for loving me. Most important, thank you so much for loving your church. That you said, Jesus to invest in us. Send Jesus to invest in, Lord, as we invest, as we understand this, Lord, three levels of investment. We want the perfect will that we invest in others and touch others, Lord, today that we leave here not the same way we came in. Who do you want us to invest in? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.